coming to you live from the second story overlooking beautiful Maryland. It's short and sweet parenting tips. Well, I'm not sure about the live part, but welcome back to our series on reducing anxiety during the pandemic with short and sweet parenting tips. So Don and Gina Grodhoff are back with us from Focused Healthy Family. Good to be here. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) We enjoy this. And we're talking about alternatives to punishment today and problem solving as a way to decrease anxiety in the home. Yeah, because the six different areas are um, dealing with feelings, engaging cooperation, encouraging autonomy, the alternatives to punishment, praise, and freeing children from playing roles. Oh, wow. Those are the chapters of the book, and that's the weeks are structured to those different components. I feel like each of those could be a a separate episode. (laughs) Well, well, and that's why they're a separate class, too. Each of those is a two-hour class, um, because we really delve into it. And like you say, the alternatives to punishment is another one that stands out pretty bold and tends to get a little bit of resistance because Mm -hmm. it's like, well, you know, if we don't punish them, how are they going to learn, and how are they going to... Well, that's not necessarily true. And it's one of those things you get in that habit. Well, the only way my child listens is when I yell and scream, you know, then they listen. Well, you know, what, what other ways can we, we approach this? And so it, it all goes back to the feelings too. You know, we have to acknowledge children's feelings first, but some tips on um, dealing that is expressing what you're feeling strongly without attacking their character. It's important to use I statements rather than you. Anytime we say you're doing this, we're pointing the finger at them, the person feels attacked and they get defensive, right? That's important skill. Other places teach that in communicating in other environments. And so, you know, I'm really angry when I see, you know, a mess in the bathroom after you've taken a shower and now I have to clean it up. So rather than you're so messy, you're a slob Mm. in the bathroom, what have you done? I'm gonna, you're gonna have to clean the whole house now you know, stating your expectations to your children. After you take a shower, I expect you to pick up your clothes, put them in the hamper, hang the towels up, right? We need to let them know what they expect, giving them a choice. Um, yeah. You can clean up after the bathroom or you can take a shower downstairs, you know, so you give right. them some options to it. Um, and the big one is problem solving. And this also, it can help in whatever particular challenge you're dealing with, but it also helps to the future. You know, they've done something, they're losing things, they're not getting their schoolwork done on time. So you set up a time, we need to talk about this and discuss this. You, you don't necessarily do it right then and there. It's gotta be a time where your kid is calm, not over hungry, not over tired, mm-hmm. right? Understanding mm-hmm. your child and what time works. And then you sit down and say, okay, this is the problem. You know, you're not getting your schoolwork done. This is a frustration. We're gonna brainstorm some solutions. And you literally take a pen and paper or if you do it on a tablet and write down all the suggestions. Even if your kid says something ridiculous, like I'll just never go to school, I'll never do my homework. You literally write down, never go to school, never do my homework. Okay. So, so you're writing down your ideas and their ideas. They're feeling heard and acknowledged. You know, mm-hmm. if you're having trouble engaging with your child, they're very serious, you can throw a silly idea out there. Right. Humor always, yeah, humor always breaks the ice, I feel like. Um, And so then you get this big list and then you go back through them one at a time. And again, it's a cooperation effort. Okay, this is not going to work for this reason. They get to reject things that they don't like. And in so doing, you're teaching them problem solving skills and you're working to resolve a current problem that you have. You know, prevention is always so much better than dealing with the problem. So when you do have a repeated thing going on, you know, problem solving can be used in so many areas 
with kids. And it's such an important skill for all of us to learn how to problem solve. We encounter it, you know, in our lives everywhere, mm -hmm, at work, mm -hmm, you know, with friends, mm -hmm. and we don't always think about teaching that to children. Well, and a big part in the problem solving is we, we take out the word, but because we'll say, well, you know, you want to, so you don't want to go to school every day, but that isn't going to work. No, what, what you would say there is, so your idea is, you, uh, you know, you wouldn't just want to go to school at all. The problem is, okay. you know, because okay. um, the but, you know, we, we negates anything before it. So if you're saying something really good about it, you just negated it. Yeah, I love you, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, okay, you don't really love me. You know, yeah. it, it takes away just like the you, the pointing fingers. So trying to eliminate the buts from your conversation. And the easiest way to do that is, you know, the problem is, <laughs> okay, you know, okay. the law requires us to go to school. It's important that we learn and these things are important. So changing some of it's changing your the language and how you say things. So I would like to go back to the alternatives to punishment and talk about toddlers. Okay. Uh, because rationalizing with a toddler doesn't normally happen. Right. <laughs> Just being real. So right. is there a specific suggestion or alternative for someone who has toddlers who don't seem to want to respond? Right. And again, it's all these skills, you know, really aren't about rationalizing, especially if anyone's upset, it doesn't matter if they're a toddler or if they're 15. If they're in that, you know, upset, having a fit, it's not the time to discuss problem solving. It's not the <laughs> okay. time to try okay. to engage them, right? When we're in that, you know, if you have in this state of heightened anxiety, you can't be talked down from that. Um, yeah, you can't just say calm down. So you have to. Oh, have right. oh yes. No, I hear you. You have to have tools for um, reducing that anxiety, right? So a lot of these skills are for after the fact. One important thing to realize is the developmental appropriateness of different ages. And all kids come with different personalities and mm -hmm. different um, learning styles that affect how they're functioning, right? So two-year-olds, people say the terrible twos, they're always saying no. Well, they're figuring out their world and developing this new sense of independence. I always tell parents, use no as little as possible. It needs to be for danger, you know, really, you know, the stove is hot running out in the street because if we're saying it all the time, it's one of those other things. If you tell your child, you know, don't touch that, they're going to touch it because your brain doesn't really hear the negative. It hears, you know, don't think touch, of the white elephant. Touch it, touch um, it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and they do, you know. Mm -hmm. So letting them know what they can do, you know, um, our, our, our older kid was a biter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, what I did for him is I took a cloth diaper and I made bite man. I'm not... <laughs> I, I just made a little head out of it, you know, made it look like a little ghost, put little eyes uh, stitched on it. And it's like, you can bite, bite man, you know, giving them an outlet <laughs> for that. Because especially, you know, pre-verbal kids, you know, that's their mouth, how, you know, they don't have the words to yes, express right. their frustrations. They might hit or swing out, you know, people are not for hitting, pillows are for hitting, mm -hmm, giving mm -hmm. them an alternative way. They need to express. You can't just expect a two-year-old to sit still and be quiet yes, and do what right. they're told. They're, they're figuring out the world. They can't express what they're feeling if they're sick or upset or hungry. So giving them those, an avenue to express that, I think is. Um, um, yeah, it's really understanding their, where they are developmentally a lot of times too. And I think that's important, like she was saying, because if you can understand that, then you can make some decisions from that place. 
you know. Right, right. And knowing what's appropriate, you know, and kids need to run and learn and move. That's how they're learning and growing and developing. Mm -hmm. And they need an outlet for that, to be able mm -hmm. to do those things. Um. <laughs> well, I was just having a conversation this morning with a, a good friend who has a toddler. And it's kind of, like you said, you know, you want to have the right expectations of whatever age they are. Mm -hmm. And you also want to recognize, were they doing this to be malicious? Or are they just being a two-year-old? Or are they just being an eight-year-old? Or, you know, right. do they just have, we called it busy fingers because one of my girls, her fingers just could not sit still. So if mm -hmm. she did not have something constructive in her fingers, she would, dis I called it disassemble, disassemble whatever was nearby. Sometimes it was, you know, my purse or a shawl or something, you know, so we would say it was her busy fingers. We wouldn't say she did something wrong or she, because I knew it wasn't an intentional destruction of other people's property. Right. And so. I think with all behavior in kids, what's the need that's not being met? Sometimes kids act out because they want our attention or oh, right. that's the only way they get our attention Yeah, is, is when I act out my and even mm -hmm. if it's negative attention they're getting from their parent, if mm -hmm. that's the only attention they get, they're going to continue to get that because kids want their parents to pay attention to them. And if they're not getting positive attention, they're going to continue mm -hmm. their behaviors to get the negative. So, you know, always looking at what's the need and you did it perfectly with, you know, daughter. So she probably is a kid who needs a fidget cube. Mm -hmm. um, I taught my daughter, a friend taught her how to knit, you know, and so mm -hmm. while she's mm -hmm. watching something, you know, busying her hands, getting involved in that. That's a very occupational therapy uh, from the roots of where occupational therapy came from. So looking at what is the underlying need? There's usually, it's usually kids are not being malicious to be malicious. There is mm -hmm. some underlying need being met or it's become a habit or they're trying to get attention in some way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what's the need here? Just like with the toddler, they're throwing a fit. You know, are they hungry? Are, are they yeah. tired? Um, are they are they overstimulated? Are they understimulated? Yeah. Right? Do they yeah. need activity? Do they need quiet? Is there too yeah. much going on? What it really comes back to looking at, you know, what is the underlying need that needs to be met? Well, you, she she used to, and I think I did it once or twice. But with uh, our oldest daughter, when she got mad and she couldn't express herself, she would get a paper out and put it in front of her and give her a crayon and say show me what it feels like. And she would just go crazy on that paper. <laughs> and then, you know, she would just go, wow, you're really mad. You know, is there more to that? Come on, you know, mm -hmm. and it would really change. You know, she got it out somehow. It's need an outlet to be mad. You know, we don't want them to hit us or hit their siblings or, you know, destroy things. They need an outlet for that. Uh, our youngest crumple paper, you know, just get a bunch of scrap paper, crumple it up and throw it in the trash can. You know, mm -hmm. they need those outlets for those things. We can't just expect them. Don't do that. You know, mm -hmm. don't throw things at the wall, you know. Well, and not making, not making it acceptable for them to vent that mm -hmm. just then they bury it yep. and it eats them away inside. Mm -hmm. And it can come out years later when they're which i see all the time yeah you work as with adults, adult, adult clients who, and all this stuff that's gotten buried and it can if it can come out physically in our health you know heart disease right, and other things it, right. it gets internalized right or just depression other different things it, it becomes a bubble uh, you know a balloon underwater you can only mm -hmm. it can only stay there so long before it comes mm -hmm. back up that's a good I feel, visual. Like, I feel like sometimes i'm just a, a whack-a-mole 
uh, facilitator, you know, <laughs> putting down that anxiety, that one pops yes. up, putting down that oh, one, that right. one pops, you know. So right. Thank you so much, Don and Gina. Yeah. We appreciate the opportunity to talk about these things. Uh, thank we, you so much. Yeah, we love to talk about it, so thanks. There is just so much more good advice you all have to share. I know we have a couple more episodes worth in this series. Right? Yes. Parents, I guarantee it will be worth your while to come back next week. But for now, that is it for this short and sweet parenting tip. Fresh ideas and bite-sized portions. 